Alrighty, welcome everybody to our 41st episode of Brownsville Tech Live. And in the house tonight, we've got Carlos Elizondo. He is running for BISD board for place one. Mr. Elizondo, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, for those of you out there, you can catch us on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spotify, and for those driving tomorrow, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and for you, for you gamers out there, you can catch us on Twist. We are the only local podcast on six social media networks. So, Mr. Elizondo, welcome to our show. I know that you're currently running for the school board. Um, I believe you were on the board before many years ago. But can you give the viewers out there who may not know you um, a little background about yourself, where you're from, uh, what you've done in the past, um, you know, why you're running for the school board, and what are your plans moving forward? Sure. So my name is Carlos Elizondo. I'm 50 years old. I've lived in Brownsville my entire life. I went to Perez, Perez Elementary, Oliveira Middle School, and I ended up in, at Hannah Homer, Homer Hannah High School. That's where I graduated from. From there, of course, I went through to uh, TSC and got a, a paramedic or an associate in, in science uh, with, um, with Finishing that degree, I, w I started working for the city in 97. I went through the EMS portion of it, became a firefighter, and ended up as a firefighter paramedic. Uh, while I was in the, in the career as a professional firefighter paramedic, I went to school for a nurse. <clears throat> so before I left the city, I ended up having uh, successfully completed the nursing uh, course at South Texas College, and then came over and got a bachelor's at the University of Texas in Brownsville. And right now I'm currently in the family nurse practitioner program. So I should be done that within that next year. <clears throat> wow. wow. Public service, health is, is what I've done for my entire life. Yeah. <clears throat> and and what so would... what I want to do with... Go ahead. So what I want to, what I, why I want to run again is because uh, there's a lot of programs that have been taken away from the school district. And, and that, when you do that, you take away the opportunities of our students. And one of them, of course, is the fire program, this current board, uh, just stop the fire program and then the EMT program that allows these kids to go through the EMT program and then, and then, you know, use it as a, as I say, a platform to go into something else. Uh, they, they're looking into getting rid of that as well. And before I left, I was just starting a program, which is the LVN program, the licensed vocational nurse. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, what, what that was, you know, you, you, as a student within the high school, it would allow you to go into the LVN program. You know, and when you graduate, you would have a license, you know, passing all the curriculum, of course, and you would graduate either 17 or 18 year old with an LVN license. And what that would be is super impactful for these for these kids, especially the family, mm -hmm. because you would have a student at 17 or 18 years old already in, in the market, especially now, as you know, there's a there's a scarce uh, throughout throughout the United States and even the world where there's no nurses available. Or not enough nurses available mm -hmm. and and imagine if these kids would come out into the workforce with an lvn license making between 45 and sixty-five thousand dollars a year wow how impactful the, how impactful the, would that be for the, the the family unit right and then at no cost to those members right and so when when i left that 
that was scrapped. And so I want to come back and, and, and make these, get these programs back, back online, yeah. give these kids the opportunity to be successful, uh, and, and give them more choices. You touched on something that I think I've had conversations with a lot of people. And I'm not sure why those programs have been eliminated. Eliminated. I mean, you hear about, you know, uh, auto mechanics being done away with, a lot of the trades. And, you know, there's this uh, viewpoint, I guess, two sides to things. You know, there's people that believe that, you know, we should focus on math, science, and technology. And then there's those that say, well, you know, not everybody's going to be a mathematician or a scientist or somebody in IT. There may be some people that want to do the trades, but there seems to be this movement where the trades have been kind of, you know, done to the side. In fact, eliminated. I mean, I've even heard of places up north and even out in California where they get rid of the ROTC program, you know, as well. So, I mean, what do you think has actually, what is the reason they've eliminated these programs? Is it because the focus on wanting everybody to get a four-year degree or, or what? I, I just don't understand that. So, so what I think is, and you're probably the same age I am. We're 32 years old, um, yeah. uh, and uh, <laughs> but but remember when, when, we, when we were when we were in high school, that and even in middle school, it was always taught to us that we were going to go get a four year degree, right? Right. And then develop people into a master's program or a doctorate program, continue education. Now, what what and they and they put a lot of emphasis on that, right? And they and they went away from the manual trades, from the skilled trades, you know, like you just mentioned body mechanics, AC repair, maybe a electrical technician, uh, construction. Uh, a, a lot of these, a lot of these trades were pushed, put to the back because I guess they didn't get the emphasis that they are now. Yeah. Because what's happened is you pushed everybody through the college, you know, uh, spectrum and, and you've left these manual trades to, to dwindle. And now you're seeing that now high schools and, and these programs are looking for these even even the university level you know your your college your your local colleges are looking to make sure that they attract you know hvac technicians electricians plumbers you know nurses emts firefighters and you're looking at all these manual trades and that's something that we had at the at the high school level <clears throat> and we're going back to it right. because manual trades now and like you just mentioned right now not everybody's going to go to a four-year degree and that's okay yeah you know, that's, that's, that's what we shoot for. That's our goal, you know, and that's, that's what we want everybody to go to. But uh, the reality is that an HVAC technician makes really, really good money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Master plumber makes really, really good oh, money. Oh, the plumber does. I've had experience there. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and they are, their trades are needed. They right. are something that needs, that we just can't live without. Right. And so when you, especially when you need a plumber or an HVAC technician, especially here in the Valley, they're like, please, please come over right now. Yes. <laughs> and so we're having we're having issues, you know, and, and I think that's that's we just shied away from that and we're coming back to it. And but my, my, my since I have a lot of you know experience in the healthcare industry, my thing was EMT. An EMT is not just an EMT. He ha he can go be working just about anywhere. Yeah. An ER, a, a doctor's office, you know, a nursing home. Um, 
just just about anywhere you know yeah. the 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 emergency you know uh, management division as well you know there's places for us firefighters just the same yeah you know uh and and now with with the healthcare the way it is with these pandemics that we've gone through lvns are huge right rns are huge you know there's not enough the schools are not being able to educate enough nurses fast enough for the demand that the united states has put on the healthcare industry right and so if we could do that at a, at a, at a high school level can you imagine the impact not only throughout the state of texas but at your local uh hospitals at your local clinics you know within 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 those emergency uh management um demands yeah it, it would have been huge if we weren't able to get 30 40 kids out every year to go into the healthcare industry yeah and and this board has just squashed that yeah and a lot of it a lot of it is because you know it's it's a payback to the previous individual who wanted to push these programs forward and we need to leave those politics outside yeah. there's no room for that kind of politics you know you know being upset because of someone else's idea that just that doesn't play a factor especially when you're when you're educating children right well let's touch a little bit about something you know, recent, obviously, you know, the COVID pandemic over the last two years was pretty devastating with regards to, you know, people in general, you know, I lost about three or four individual family members to COVID. That wasn't easy. But one of the things that I noticed at the early start of the pandemic was that the school district didn't seem to be prepared for how to deal with not only controlling the access into the schools, uh, being able to keep students that were sick away from the schools. Uh, I mean, we could even go and talk about the technology, you know, kids waiting in line to get hotspots. And, you know, I had one of your uh, fellow opponents the other night before and I had the county judge a couple of days prior to that and I was really you know you know focusing on the fact that you know kids shouldn't have to wait in line for a hotspot or a Chromebook but what do you think the district could have done better in retrospect you know with respects to what we went through over the last two years well, you know, being again, this is my cup of tea. Being a, a former fire chief for the city of Brownsville, uh, being a uh, reservist for the emergency manage, management division for the state of Texas in response to uh, global pandemics, in this case, COVID, I've been working as a travel nurse uh, throughout the state of Texas, especially in, in an ICU. Uh, I spent uh, almost the last two and a half years working with COVID patients. And uh, the biggest thing that we've seen is that the district, in this case, was was never going to be prepared because they never took that proactive approach. Mm -hmm. They they are very reactive in the way they do business. Mm -hmm. And remember, educators are not nurses. Educators are not healthcare givers, and 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 so they should have known. And and people are always going to say, "Well, they didn't. They should have prepared." Mm -hmm. When you know there's a hurricane in the Gulf, what do you do? Do you prepare? Or do you wait till it's in front of your in front of your door, right? Yeah. And so they should have done that proactive approach instead of a reactive approach. And when they did the reactive approach, we lost members of our community. We've lost employees of the school district. We lost children. We've lost our loved ones. In in most cases, um, in your well, in your case, you you know three people that lost their lives 
this was was a not only a global pandemic but a, a local pandemic to our school district mm -hmm. and what happened this current board had failed to act they reacted and when they reacted it was a little too late they have lost already one too many lives mm -hmm. uh, and you can never get that back you can never say well we're going to prepare for the next one yeah but you lost lives already mm -hmm. you could have prepared for it you could have reacted immediately and you you, you decided to take a backseat approach and when you do that the outcome is the loss of life right uh, and now now we're now we're trying to hurry up and catch up to where we need to be and, and you see that now and when you do that you fail now the educational process because now you're trying to catch up to the safety you know and, and the safety of our children and so now the educational process is taking a backseat and you've you've seen these uh the, the the local school district claims to have an a, a rated school district yes they do because they average out if you look at domain one you have about six elementary schools that didn't even qualified they have an nr it means it's either an f a d or an f status mm -hmm. they don't put a d or an f it just put it puts us at an nr and, and that's what they're not talking about mm -hmm. there's still holes that we need to plug and we don't have the the current board is not uh proactive enough to be able to make those things happen and this is one of the reasons that i'm running as well making sure that we can push the people at the top to make the decisions today and not tomorrow yeah now one of the things that i talked about you know, the other night with Mr. Cowan, it's a topic that I mentioned was, you know, the fact that over the last couple of years, we've seen a poaching, and I use the term poaching, of students from BISD to IDEA. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they seem to be poaching kids more and more these days over to these charter schools. What do you think BISD needs to do to just stop the bleeding when it comes to the poaching. I mean, you're you're putting your kids, and I'm talking from experience here because my daughter went to private school from K three to six, and then we decided to put her in IDEA. Okay, and she was there for two years, and quite honestly, I didn't like it. I didn't like their curriculum. I felt like they're pushing their kids to be robots. I have a problem with them when it comes to saying that a five-year-old should make a decision which college they should go. I mean, most of us didn't even know what we wanted to major in after graduation. So it was very stressful. So we pulled my daughter out of IDEA because of the stress and because of the fact they had no extracurricular activities like music and choir and band like like that. But, you know, but these parents seem to be taking their kids out of BISD and putting them into these charter schools. I mean, what do you think needs to happen? Where have we failed to get the message out to these parents that, you know, the, the charter schools aren't what they claim to be? I mean, that's a really good question. There's a lot of uh, caveats, but, you know, beyond that, but, but most, most definitely you are correct. Uh, and, and, an idea is not bad. No, I'm not saying not, they're bad. No, it's no, just right, a different right, environment. Right. Yeah. Correct. It's, it's not bad. And, and that's why I'm saying, cause I don't, I'm going to go off right now and I'm going to, and I'm just going to lay, lay the foundation, but it's not a bad environment. Right. Cause right. cause now you have choices. And so what idea has done to BISD is, is, is allow us to sharpen our, our blade. If you, if you, if you, uh, if you want to put it that way and, and with competition, 
creates a better environment, right? So right. BIZ has been has been able to up their game. And you know this. What happens with that B is they have a very, very good salesman. Right. And they and that's what they get paid for. Just like your car salesman. They'll go in there and they'll sell you and sell you and sell you. <laughs> they'll make you ride their best car because it's got all the bells and the whistles, right? Yeah. But what you can afford and what they actually promote is the lowest that they have, right? Yeah. And so now you're like, well, but you told me all this is great. Yeah, I told you this is what you can do, but this is what we actually offer. Yeah. Right? And so what happens is a lot of kids go in there with the with the notion, yeah, everybody, even BISD, we want every kid to go to college. Right. That's always been. And it's not something it's not something that that they advertise, but that's something that every individual that works at BISD, from the person that opens the doors to the person that closes it, to the individuals that sit in the classroom with your kids for over 10 to 12 hours a day, in most cases they do uh, you know uh, extracurricular activities. They're there for one mission and one mission only. It's to make sure that they can impose the education that they were given into that child and make him a better person. Yeah. And so what happens at ideas they go in there and yeah, it's pretty it's brand new it's great uh but in reality they don't they cannot compete with biz they cannot compete with the public education that's been offered at, at the school and they are everybody has problems right in right. every place you go but if you look at, at at the buck for the value or the value for the buck you're looking at biz giving you more for what what you know for what idea is offering and you'll have a lot of transitions especially in the elementary the early early school years they'll go into the idea programs your your your, your um, jubilees you know there's so many now uh and then and then they they, they look at it it's like hey my kid is is not playing games that is they're not taking a holistic approach you know they're they're not they're not socializing because it's it's not just about sitting in the classroom and then feeding you you know uh history uh english reading and stuff like that it's about you know going out there with your friends playing ball you know, cheerleading, social events and stuff like that. And they don't have that. They, they incorporate something like soccer, but, but that's it. It's mm -hmm. a very basic. And so your kid, eventually there's, there's, there's a lack, not only education, but your social skills as well. And so what parents see is, you know what, my kid is not getting what they promised. So they right. transition back into the, uh, into the later years, which is usually your, your middle school and your high school year because of sports, because of UIL activities, competition and stuff like that, because that's what makes your kid whole. Right. You know, you have your kids that love to be in the library and be in the books and stuff like that. And that's great, but that's not for everybody. Right. You know, imagine if they wouldn't allow us, you know, you and I, we probably were spent all the afternoon after school outside playing until the sun came down and we went back inside. Right. If we had that, we wouldn't be the people that we are today. Exactly. And I, think, I, I think taking the holistic approach, you know, making sure that all the kids' needs are met, that's that's the best education you can offer. And BISD does that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you um, another about another topic that I discussed the other night. It has to do with school safety. I mean, you know, um, you know, we had Uvalde a few months ago. And, you know, there's been great debate over what the solution is. You know, there's one side that believes that we should arm our teachers. Uh, there's another side that believes this, that we have to focus on mental health. Um, what is your position with regards to, to school safety? And keep in mind that when you and I were in school, <laughs> I mean, most fights got settled outside 
Okay, yes, and right. it was with fists. That's right. <laughs> okay, I mean, we barely had cops. I don't think we did. I think we had these big hall monitors, but that was about yes. it. You had the big PE coaches. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, we didn't have those kind of problems. I mean, what's right. changed? But, I mean, which side is correct? Do we arm the teachers to the hilt? Or do we focus on mental health? Or do we just get our students to toughen up and, you know, face reality that, you know, life's not always easy or fair? I, I just, I mean, what's what's your thinking on this? I mean, the, the reality of life is not everybody gets first place, right? Right. So what we've done is everybody has, has gotten a participation ribbon. Yeah, I think everybody's a winner. <laughs> everybody's a winner. And we know the reality is now, once you come out to the to the workplace, guess what? It's not, there's only one number one, right? And then right. everything goes from there. And so it creates a lot of, a lot of a drive to be able to be successful and do, do you want to, you want to be at the top. So it creates competition. Competition is good because it not only hones your skills, but it develops someone, you know, holy. So uh, what's happening with this, with the safety issue, I think it's number one. Yes, we can't, we can't take a backseat approach because you can see what happened in Uvalde, right? Uh, but do you, do I think, and, and, and some people are not, not going to like my answer, but do I think that we should arm teachers? Um, I, I don't think I don't think we should. Yeah. I, I I I think I think teachers are educators, like nurses are healthcare givers, police officers are law enforcement, and firefighters fight fires, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so there's a skill that they develop. And so what happens when you do that? Some teachers would would be okay carrying carrying a weapon, right, to defend their chi the, chi the the kids that they that they um, that okay. they're um, cared for, but at the same time with with my history i've been to many shot gunshot wounds i've been to many deaths suicides you know a lot of these issues once that bullet leaves that muzzle it completely changes people's lives right you know i i went to the, i went to the shooting at, at at cummings i was the first paramedic to arrive those officers if you could see their faces and i'm going to tell you because i saw everybody by the time i got to that child they were distraught and they were hurting. Yeah. It changed their lives immediately. Can you imagine a, 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 a teacher? Yeah. Can you imagine what that's going to do to their, to their, the rest of their life? Yes. If it's in the best intention, yes, I understand that. But once that bullet leaves the muzzle, it changes people's lives. Yeah. And so now, now you got to look mental health. Yeah. Mental health is a big aspect on why things happen, but we don't have it. They're putting the burden of mental health now, especially in the school district. BISD wants to put the burden on the counselors. Right. The counselors are academic counselors. And yes, right. some of them do assist with some of these issues and diffusing some of these moments. But you need professionals right. that do this on a daily basis. I right. think the attention should be there. Right. Yeah, because the academic counselors don't have much of a psychology background, right? They're they're forcing them to, to to talk to these kids about suicide, about rape, about you know uh, abuse. And yes, we have great counselors, and a lot of them take the burden in doing so. But also, they you you like I'm going to tell you, my wife is a counselor at a high school level. Mm -hmm. She has 600 students that she has to care for throughout the next four years because the counselor follows the, the class. Right. So right now she's a freshman counselor. Can you imagine how good is she going to be able to? provide mental health to over 600 students not every not every student is going to need it right right but you tell me academics 
extra duties, extra paperwork, yeah, mental health, issues with nurse, uh, um, physical problems, uh, issues with with uh, you know administration. I mean, it just they get bogged down. How effective are these counselors going to be? Right, they probably are not. Yeah, you know. And so now you now you burn that counselor to be to have to go out there and react because they're uh, by law there's some things that they have to report right child abuse sexual assault you know uh, and and etc. There's many other ones. And so now you're going to burden them to be able to handle the mental health of this kid, right? When does it stop for these individuals? So so what do we have to do? There's there's SMEs subject matter experts within the school system. Mm-hmm. Those are called your educators. They have the solutions. The thing here is that this current board has forgotten to listen to their experts. Mm-hmm. They're more interested in building buildings and spending money and raising taxes. Because you know, uh, Daniel, that they just raised the taxes within I the heard last about two that. weeks. Right. Why would you do that to a community that is hurting right now? Right. Because you failed to stay with the constraints of your own budget that you approved. Right. So how, how fair is that now to burn these individuals with more duties because now they have to do more with less? Right. So so now teachers are leaving the school district and this is and they'll come back and say, well, that's happening worldwide. That's happening throughout the U.S. Yeah, but we don't have a control what happens in California. We have no control what happens in North Carolina. We have control what happens in BISD, Brownsville Independent School District. Mm-hmm. That's where we have control. Yeah. Let's take care of what we can we can control here at a local level. Right. Don't excuse yourself because it's happening worldwide. Right. And so now teachers, and I'm not just saying teachers, you got custodians now. They've, the schools haven't grown any bigger, mm-hmm. but the work duties have. Right. So let's say a custodian now at a school district was doing, uh, they're responsible for 500 square feet of space, right? Mm-hmm. So now they double it. Now they have to do a thousand square feet. Same pay. More work, more stress, and and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you and you multiply that throughout every position throughout the school district. How is that fair for these for these employees? But but now they come back. Well, we gave you a four thousand dollar raise, Daniel. You should be quiet. You should be happy. Yeah. Well, yeah. what they don't tell you is that they didn't give four thousand dollars to everybody. Right. They only did it through because it's an election cycle. But yet now the burden falls on the taxpayers because they increase the taxes. Right. So yes, should we be paying teachers more? Most definitely. Yeah. But should we pass yeah. the burden over to the taxpayers? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, one of the things, one of the next topics I did want to talk about was with regards to, you know, teachers and obviously teacher pay. Uh, you know, also teacher retention. You mentioned that teachers are leaving the field. Uh, you know, what can we do about teacher pay? And let's not just focus on teacher pay also, but we can also talk about pay in general. You know, should everybody at minimum earn $15 an hour? Um, should, you know, the veteran that's been working for 20 years earn 15 at the same time as the newbie that just starts. I mean, let's let's start off with the teacher pay and the retention and the and somehow the re, the reducing of the workload because I hear a lot of teachers say that you know they've got a lot of work, they don't have time to do lesson plans, you know. 
the pace sucks. I mean, can you chime in on that a little bit? Of course. And I'm and I'm glad that you're actually listening. You you got your, your finger on the pulse of the community because those questions <laughs> came up on the last forums and, 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 and that is those are legitimate, you know, concerns. So so thank you for keeping your your, your finger on the on the pulse of the community because it, it, it is, it is. And so what's happening is this when I was there from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen, the, the teacher association came to the to, to the table, right? And they asked, Hey, we need we need some type of a of a of a platform or a formula or or a, a step. And I'm like, okay, well, they said, you know, a step increase. We used to have it before, someone took it away. We need to bring it back because that 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 not only shows that you respect the teacher, but you respect the career, right? You respect what they do. And so they brought a formula and, it, and let's say it started at zero, being mm -hmm. zero years. And it just, just think of it as, as, a, as, a, as steps, right? Yeah. The ladder going up this way. And so you start off at zero and the, the more you, you stay with the school district, the higher your pay goes. Mm -hmm. So if, if you have one year, it bumps up a little step. If you have another year, it bumps up another little step and it just keeps going. And I think, I think they brought it up to like 27 years and then they added like two more years or three more years and it became 30 years. So at the end of 30 years, you know how much you were going to make. That doesn't include if there's any raises or any, any stipends that were added, you know, if the district is, is, is healthy. And so when, when this new board came in, they took it away. Mm -hmm. And they took it away only because it benefited one individual that the superintendent bring in, brought in from Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And what they did is they removed that step increase because he would fall at the zero mm -hmm. or close to the zero and would be making a lot less than everybody else. But guess what? That's not fair for the teachers that had been there forever. So what right. they tried to do, and this is what this is what bit them in the foot because they didn't think it through, is that, okay, let's increase everybody to $15. That's good. I don't, I don't have any questions and I don't have any qualms about that. That is, that was good. What they didn't think is that you brought in up these guys that were at the minimum wage salary to 15 with zero experience, but you have the people that were there 20 years at $15 and 16 cents. And so what it did is it created a compression, which is now what they're trying to fight. Right. Because now it affected the majority of the staff within the school district. So now you have someone that comes at zero years of experience with someone that's got 20 and that person with 20 is only making 16 cents more. Mm -hmm. So now you, you took away the value of that, you know, um, seniority. Right. And we call it in the fire department, we call it seniority. So for every year that you have, <laughs> you get a little bit more. So the longer you're there, the more your value is right. Cause right. now you now you put your life into this, into this company or this facility or this, this educational, um, agency and so you should be compensated as such so the longer you're there the more you get paid right yeah. and, and 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 we had done that but it was taken away only because of one individual and that's that's sad to hear yeah. and this, this current board allowed that to happen so you you now you took away not only their ability to make a little bit more money but you took away the value of their position right and how and, you, how yeah. you, go ahead how do you how do you respect people not only is to show them respect, but to pay them what they're worth. Right, right. Well, one of the last things I wanted to touch on is, I mean, most of us here who live in Brownsville would have to be living under a rock not to see the kind of drama that has um, kind of 
you know, come out of the school board in the last several years. You know, we've had individuals who have been hauled off to jail, you know. We have others that have been accused of nepotism. You know, you hear stories of, you know, vendors and preference for certain vendors for certain things. What can we do as a board to try to put some accountability and transparency into this process so there's no one out there getting the urge to do favoritism towards somebody, but it seems to be an ongoing problem. And I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes, you know, but it's unfortunate that in the last few years, you know, the board has been mired in so much controversy. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, what do you think so we could they, do? Well, well, what they told me is that politics is dirty and it, and it is, Yeah, but it doesn't, but it shouldn't be right. Right. And it doesn't have to be. And so I, I think, um, if someone, and you know, this, I mean, uh, if, if they take away from the school district for personal gain, they should be in prison. Right. And, and because they have people are in prison right now. Right. That's where they belong. Right. And that should happen to everybody. Right. Everybody who takes money away from our children and our staff has to be behind bars. Right. And that, and, and, and I think if, if that happens and it's swift and the people see, you know what, law enforcement is taking care of these issues. I think we can bring back the stability to the district, but until people start, until they stop thinking that the position means that I'm going to enrich myself, then you're going to have these people go in there for, 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 for the wrong reasons. Right. So like, like I told, um, when I tell everybody this, I said, if I was to be there, because it's so easy to take, right. Because mm -hmm. it's everywhere. But, but the integrity of being able to say, you know what, if I take for me, I'm taking away from my child. And remember, I have kids in the school district and my wife teaches, if I was to take from the school district, I'd be taking away from their mouths and their education. And when you do that, the only people you're hurting are those kids and those educators. Uh, and, and, and so you see this and it's rampant. It's not just at BISD, it's at the city, it's at the county level, you know, right. it's at the state level. But what happens is a lot of the times they get a slap in the back of the hand and say, you know what, because it's a white collar crime, you're going to get probation or you're going to get this. But the FBI has done a really, really good job in pinpointing these individuals that are actually stealing from our community and mm -hmm. putting them behind bars. And right. that needs to happen. Right. Eventually you have people in there running for the right reasons and not to be, not to self enrich themselves. Okay. Well, one of the last things I wanted to give you an opportunity is to kind of distinguish yourself from the competition, obviously. What makes Carlos Olizondo the best candidate for this position? If you don't mind answering the question. No, not at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna put in there the best choice for BASD because that's my slogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, first and foremost, you know, I I have the things that I love the most, mm -hmm. the things that I really hold dear to heart. And of course, that's that's my kids. Yeah. Two of them have left, you know, for, for, uh, for the university. Uh, and I still have a, a 14 year old that just started freshman year at Homer Hand high school, but I, I, 
make the decisions that I try to make when I'm there as a school board member and when I will be there November the 9th or November the 8th, God willing, is, is in the best interest of them. How can I sit there and be able to bring in programs or bring in, bring in um, avenues to be able to educate these kids? Because like, I wish my, my kid was a doctor, but guess what? They went into business. Yeah. I wish I would have gone into the medical field, but they did it. But there's there's avenues within the school district to be able to give them those paths that they want. Right. You know, and if we if we pay attention to that, I think the school district will be successful. Yeah. I said it, it and, and and allow these kids to be themselves. You know, holistically, you gotta treat them as a whole person, not just, you know, uh, by numbers. Right. And what we see lately is it's all they think about is ADA. Yes, ADA is very important because that's how the school district gets reimbursed. But are those monies being used in the best interest of their education? Right. And right now, I don't think they are. Yeah. You notice that there was millions stole from, from the school district and one of the board members went to prison. Yeah. Well, that's where she belongs. Right. She took away m millions of opportunities for these kids to, to succeed. Right. That's the way I see. It. Right. And, and what am I going to do? I'm going to put in like I do with everything I do. I'm going to put my heart into it. Right. I'm going to go back in there and try to get these programs back to where they need to be. In install the LVN program. Bring in the EMT program. Bring in the fire program. Bring in HVAC, electrician, carpentry. You know, there's so many programs that, that we can do to give these kids the opportunity to succeed. Uh, it's unbelievable. Right. Like right now, I'm sitting, and this is why I'm also a little late, is because I'm sitting because I drove. They asked me for a favor. So I drove about 35 kids from Mexico, we pick them up at the bridge to Port Isabel because they, they didn't have transportation here. So we're able to bring in some bands and bring them to here so they can play Port Isabel Tarpons. Oh, wow. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> but while I'm sitting here, there's a there's this 18-wheeler from, I think it's the universe, the Texas A&M, teaching them how to weld. Yeah. And you see these sparks coming out of this 18-wheeler. And so I asked the superintendent, what's going on? I said, oh, that's, that's one of the programs that we instilled here. They have a welding program for these kids because they know that that's that's an avenue for these kids to be able to succeed. Yeah. And they're bringing in more. And I'm like, why is BISD falling behind? Yeah. Because we have board members thinking within themselves instead of looking outside of themselves. Yeah. Why am I running? Because I think I can bring value to that position that has been lost. Yeah. Why am I running? Because I think I can bring in a budget. Uh, a zero-based budget means live within your budget. If you, we can do that, we can have more money to give back to our educators, to yeah. our staff. Yeah. You don't have to raise taxes to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You give BISD the value that it deserves. And by doing that, you give the respect to the individuals who are educating our children, which are educators and their support staff. It's not just, it's not just teachers. It's, right. it's huge. It's a team. And so I think I can bring, bring that approach is bringing able to bring these people back together because they do want to educate. They're just tired of the overload, of the monotonous attitude that these people have, of the bullying, of of the uh, multiple programs that they're being forced to use to do one task. Right. That 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 is just destroying these people's drive to be educators anymore. Right. People have are leaving the school district after twenty years. Yeah. Thirty years, five years, two years, one year. I've heard because about they, it. They're, they're like, what do you mean? And you're talking about individuals who were born to educate right BIC has taken that 
flavor out of their mouth, has taken that drive, has broken their soul. Yeah. Can you imagine the feeling of these people that don't even want to go back to, to work the next day because BIZ is just disrespecting them? They're burnt out. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. 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 And, and so I think I, I can bring that that part that is missing right now back to the school district. But I can't yeah. do it alone. You know? I can't. I can sit here and I say, you know what, if I win and, and God willing gives me the ability for everybody to believe that I'm the right person for that or I'm the best choice for that position and I get in there, but you still have the majority of the board, you're looking at four more years of the same thing. Right. Can BISD and the staff survive four more years of this? Yeah. yeah. You need to bring in brand new people to be able to bring in new change bring a new direction to the school district because as you can see now the burden has fallen on the taxpayers because they have failed their yeah. educators yeah all right mr elizondo well we've gone almost an hour here oh wow that was pretty quick <laughs> yeah that was pretty quick well i definitely appreciate um you coming on i know was i know i was a little bit of a pain in the butt but when it comes to asking you to come on but i i hope you enjoyed um you know the hour here uh it was nice getting a perspective about what you want to accomplish should you be elected this november um we wish you the best of luck and everybody i believe the elections start what october 24th something october 24th is the first day of early election It'll run through, I think it's uh, the 4th, and then the last date of vote is November the 8th. The 8th, okay. So October 24th through November the 4th, I think, is the early vote, but the last date of vote is November the 8th. Okay. And we don't want you to go to November the 8th, guys, because it, it's a little more difficult. You know, you got to go to your precinct. If you do an early election, you can go anywhere and, and be in and out in about two minutes. Right. So we, we try to make sure that everybody goes early. Yeah, uh, And you still have time to get people to register to vote. So if you know of someone that hasn't registered, it's super easy. You can download the application or you can go in in person. It takes you about five minutes yeah. to get it done. The last day to, to be able to do that is, uh, I think it's the 11th. Yep, the 11th of October. So you have a few more, five more days left, I think it is. Yeah, five more days left to be able to register to vote. Get everybody to go out there. It really will, it, this school district really depends on your voice and your vote right and i hope right. i i hope i can get the majority of the votes to get in there and, and start working all right well sir we wish you the best of luck like i said you're always welcome on this podcast anytime you want to come on just give me a chime we'll be glad to have you um you know like i said um everybody uh get out and vote mr elizondo is running for place one on the school board and uh we will see you next week next week we will have mr carlos cascos on i believe thursday i think so <laughs> all righty sir well you have a good evening and uh, we'll be talking thank you for for your attention and then your viewers thank you so much i am gonna call you maybe or send you a uh, messenger. I'm doing a little gaming, but I'm not as good as I used to be. I used to use the old Atari 2600 ah. and went to the Coleco and, and then did uh, a little bit of gaming, but I, I bought a new computer 
I'm about some some stuff. I might uh-huh. ask some questions. Some some I know you're probably the expert at that field. Yeah, uh, no problem. If you need help, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. I Alrighty. really appreciate it. You have a good you. night, sir. Bye bye.